me get this straight. Um, you guys are a unsigned band and you broke into the radio station to get your demo played on the air? That's about the slow and skinny of it. And um, what sound are you uh, mega stars of the future hip to? What is your musical vibe? Well, well we, we ain't thrash. Right. We could play anything. Don't no, slap just... bass noise either. Right. I hate that. Yeah. More it's like more power, like a power, power slot. slot. Power, so we Definitely. don't like to limit ourselves to labels. Hey, we're partying in here. <laughs> we got all kinds of beer. You guys might think I'm a real dick. dick. Cheeseburger Burger. or whatever. But I'm Kevin, and he's not Ian the Shark. He's Jim. We're going to have some fun here on Rebel Radio. Jim, what's your catchy DJ name? Ace. Just Ace. I was just Ace. Yeah, well, you were. Well, DJ but, Ace, yeah. But, like, uh, you have these theme stations where they have to all be, you know, something. Well, when I did work on Magic WMJI, I was the intern, but I guess I would I have to be the Magic Man. The Magic Man on the, MJI. Wow. That'd be bad. We're also not KPPX. We're not getting any bands signed, and hopefully no one takes us hostage live on air. And hopefully we don't have any Confederate merchandise. Jesus. Nobody takes us hostage with hot sauce toy guns. This is the Pool Scene Podcast, back again with a full-length OG-style episode. Full rig. Listen for plugs later in the show to find out where to reach out and let us know whether you're enjoying the swim meet series. That was fun, dude. That was a good episode last week. That was really good. Yeah, we hope you like those, but let us know. This week, we are rocking with 1994's Airheads. We talked about Airheads briefly on our fictional band's pool check back on the Buckaroo Banzai episode. This could be my most quoted movie. It's got an A-plus all-star cast and a great satire concept a satirical concept the ancillary characters are fantastic in this movie yeah everybody's great everybody steps up airheads was directed by michael layman now michael layman has a weird filmography get this in addition to airheads layman also directed 80s classic heathers the bruce willis box office bomb hudson hawk oof meet the applegates about a family who are actually bugs Okay, I vaguely remember that one. And NBA star George Murison vehicle, My Giant. <laughs> We've referenced My Giant. And the fact that the director did a movie called Meet the Applegates, the girl to play Kaylin this comes across trying to look like Christina Applegate herself. A couple notes about production. Metallica, Cannibal Corpse, and Testament were approached for the bar scene, but turned it down. As you can see in the movie, White Zombie stepped up. The movie also heavily features a song called Degenerated, which appears on the Lone Ranger's demo tape. In actuality, this was Brendan Fraser singing a cover of the original song by Reagan Youth. That's just one song featured on a pretty good soundtrack. Oh, it's a great soundtrack, man. Jim, I know you love that Don't Hate Me song by Sons of Thunder. The only part I like is the opening. The rest of it, it's as bad as the shitty Beatles. Hey, Tiny, who's playing today? Jolly Green Giants, shitty Beatles. The shitty Beatles, are they any good? They suck. But it's not just a clever name. <laughs> yeah, so it's not just a clever name. There was also a weird 2008 controversy with this movie in Russia. This blew my mind when you told me about this. This movie unfortunately uses the R word, as many comedy movies carelessly did at this time. They use it multiple times. Very offensive to the disabled. 
However, during a 2008 broadcast airing in Russia, a well-known linguist translated the slur retards to tiblad, the plural for tibla. Tibla is Estonian and is basically an ethnic slur towards Russians or Soviets. Basically, it means bitch, but it's got like an ethnic connotation, very specific ethnic connotation that makes it particularly hateful. So there's a linguistics lesson to be careful for those of you out there listening who are subtitle generators by trade. The more you know. Yeah, so all of you out there who work as uh, putting the subtitles in for television programming. Watch it now. Yeah, don't use those words. Jim, if you'd be so kind, give us some info about not Russia, but the number one song and movie in the USA at the time of Airheads and the budget and box office numbers. All right, rock and roll. Let's do some news. Wow, that's went a little crazy with that. That was something. I tried to do something different. So Erez was released on the 5th of August, 1994, with a budget of $11.2 million and making only $5.8 million in the box office, which, looking at this movie, made for $11.8 million, seems rather inexpensive, to be quite honest with you. Especially, I would love to know, that radio studio, that building, I mean, that big of a building for one station mm-hmm. blows my mind. Some news going on in around this time. Speaking of radio, the number one man, the king of all media himself, Howard Stern, drops out of the New York gubernatorial race. I remember this was a big thing on his... I don't remember that. It was a big thing. He was basically doing it as a goof on his show just to see how many votes he could get because he was running as the libertarian candidate. And surprisingly, he was doing well to the point where he dropped out because he's like, shit. I don't want to win. This this, is a stunt. This might happen. DNA testing links O.J. Simpson to the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. There's your no shit of the week. Yes. British band Oasis, 90s Beatles, if you will, released their debut album, Definitely Maybe, becoming the fastest selling album ever in the United Kingdom. Then all of a sudden, their second one eclipsed this one, which their second one was far above definitely maybe but supersonic's a great song on this album now we're throwing it over to our correspondent mr george michael how's it going george good evening everybody i'm george michael and welcome to the sports machine baltimore shortstop and we've referenced him on news before cal ripkin jr becomes only the second player after the great lou gehrig to appear in 2000 consecutive mlb games in a one nothing win against the Minnesota Twins. Man, 2,000. He ended up finishing his career with 2,632 consecutive games before he said, you know what? I'm getting old. I'm tired. I'm going to go home now. And he basically sat for that game. Speaking of uh, football coming up here, one of our favorite football jingles, the Fox NFL jingle. The first game on the Fox network debuted an exhibition between the 49ers and the Denver Broncos. Another big event happened in baseball. Members of the MLBPA, the Major League Baseball Players Association, go on strike, leading to the cancellation of the World Series for only the second time in Major League history. Wow. Now, remember at the time, the Indians just moved into the Jake. The Indians were surging, but a lot of people said, you know, if the season kept going, probably the Montreal Expos would have won the World Series Mm -hmm. this year because the Expos were on fire. Was that the same year where the All-Star game got canceled, but all the players still gathered? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And they played some sort of baseball board game 
type thing yeah, instead, which is pretty, a pretty neat story. I read about it one time. Because they didn't want to do anything that would jeopardize their contracts or get hurt. Big Cleveland event happened. Gundarena opens, which is now, well, was the queue, and now it's Rocket Loans. Yeah, I grew mortgage. up going to the Richfield Coliseum, which is maybe a half hour from Cleveland. But they still called it Cleveland, which yeah. is really, that's where I saw my first WWF house yeah, show. Richfield Coliseum. In the Gundarena, when I was younger, I used to make jokes saying, it sounds like gonorrhea. 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 Also, you might have heard of this guy. Hope he's doing well in his recovery. Tiger Woods wins his second consecutive U.S. Golf Amateur Championship in 1994. The number one song in the United States of America is from a group that Kevin and I love the most because it's a band full of chudly-looking dudes. All for one, yep. I swear. Yep. I swear by the moon. And the stars in the skies And I swear Like the shadow that's by your side One of the greatest slow songs in the history of the world. It's like Lou Pearlman put together boy bands and based on their looks and stuff like that. But yeah. it's like All for One was like the cast offs <laughs> that nobody wanted who could actually sing. They all worked at Hot Sam in the mall <laughs> and they're like, hey, can you guys sing? All right, good enough. We got to be on camera, Lou. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. The number one movie in America is the Harrison Ford Jack Ryan vehicle known as Clear and Present Danger. Yep. Another great Tom Clancy movie. And that's all that was happening in and around August 5th at 1994. So I was watching uh, Groundhog Day last night. I've watched it twice recently. It's interesting, interesting movie. It actually ended the friendship between Harold Ramis, Bill Murray. Which is, of all things. Ramis wouldn't let Bill Murray, like, improvise. Oh, okay. He and just Bill, wanted to stick to the script. He had always let Bill Murray just do his own thing. And then Rick Dukeman's in that movie. That's so right. I totally forget about that. And yeah. Bill Dukeman's one of the guys who... It's one of the drunk guys. Yeah. yeah. I always forget that. And Duke was in this movie and Harold Ramis, too, yep. made a little appearance. Yep. Now, let me set the stage with the plot for Airheads. I should say, let me fly in the stage... With a helicopter. This makes no sense why they did that. The Lone Rangers are a Los Angeles-based hard rock band comprised of Chaz on vocals and lead guitar, Rex on bass, and Pip on drums. Chaz is desperate to make it in the music business and is out pounding the pavement trying to get their demo tape heard. Pip's a pool boy by day. Rex works at a toy store. Like a shitty KB toy store. Must have five-figured most of the store by now. Yeah, man. I mean, most of these guns are discontinued anyway. Like this Uzi water pistol is from a Flash Battalion combat set. They got rid of it because it looked too real. Chaz's girlfriend, Kayla, kicks him out, basically for not getting a real job, which motivates Chaz even more. They never say what Kayla's job is. Not at all. I can only assume she's like a PA or some sort. But she makes enough money to pay for their apartment. On the Sunset Strip. Yes. Chaz, it's been months. Maybe you should get a job. <sighs> This, this is my job, okay? I am trying managers, uh, record executives, club owners. That's hard work. You get to sit in a nice office all day smoking and drinking coffee. Ah! Oh! This is bullshit! Oh, my snout! You bastard! The band goes down to KPPX after seeing local band Sons of Thunder attribute their record deal don't hate me to KPPX and rock DJ Ian the Shark. It's, what do they say, like... Thanks, Ian. The Lone Ranger sneak in behind an employee at KPPX who 
goes outside to smoke. I think she goes outside to smoke. She does. They then go inside the studio where Ian the Shark begins to interview them live on air. They walk into the studio and they say, hey, we're a band. Now, there is one realistic thing about this. Like a lot of people who are unfamiliar with radio stations are like, this place is so big. There's hardly anybody there. I worked in a radio station. There really never is anybody no, there. No, not at not. all. Every radio station I've been inside, you do have to get like buzzed in. Like a key card. But once you're in, it's like there's no one ever there. Or in this movie, you can just use a bank card yeah. and use your pin. Yep. But most of these people lock the studio behind them. You'd think. In this case, they don't. They walk in and Ian the Shark breaks from commercial, which is a huge violation. I mean, he doesn't break from commercial. He literally just straight up interrupts in the middle of one. And he puts them live on the air. However, Ian's boss, the station manager, Milo, overhears that Ian's interviewing this band, probably more concerned about the commercial interruption. Milo tries to shut it down. I say we make this an open forum. Let's hear the man out. Go ahead, Conan. Explain to Milo why we should play your tape. Look, I'm not pulling putt here, all right? My entire life force is on this tape. I don't know what else to say. Come on, man. Can you just give us a shot? How can you say no to that? Rex and Chaz pull out spray-painted realistic-looking water guns, and we now have basically what went as a, a harmless misunderstanding to a full-blown hostage situation. The station obliges to play the demo, but the real-to-real real machine, because that's what they have the demo on, it Which, malfunctions. Uh, why would you just fucking put it on a reel-to-reel? It eats the tape in about 10 seconds, and then the tape catches on fire due to a cigarette. That was put out probably 20 minutes before that. Yeah. From here, Lone Rangers stay locked inside with the employees where they take over the station, playing the music they want, taking calls, giving away concert tickets on air before prompting listeners to come down and party in the parking lot. Man, you actually listen to that Seattle bullshit? Shrod rips, dude. All right, all right, all right. Okay, bro, no problem. You got to come down to the station and get him, though, because we got free tickets to give away, but we are completely surrounded by cops. We need some feedback here. Meanwhile, the police who have the place surrounded try to assist in finding Chaz's girlfriend, Kayla, who has the only other copy of the demo. Blonde wearing something tight and black. Great, grand, wonderful. You're Kayla! I need to talk to you about Jazz Darby. Jazz needs any bail money, you can just tell him to forget it. Look, there's a situation down at Rebel Radio. I'm gonna need to take you in. Look, Jazz says you've got a tape. Hoping that playing it on the air will lead the Lone Rangers to getting a record contract. And the picture they used, I brought this up, is the same background in which they filmed the Marty McFly, his brother and sister picture where they were disappearing. Yeah. So that's all I have to say about the plot. Uh, Jim, unless you have anything else to mention, let's get into the characters. Let's do it. Brendan Fraser as Chaz Darby, a.k.a. Chester Ogilvy. Chester Ogilvy. Steve Buscemi as Rex. Shaved ape. Bassist of Lone Rangers. Adam Sandler as Pip the drummer. Joe Montaigne as Ian the shark. Michael McKean as Milo Jackson. Chris Farley as Officer Wilson. Ernie Hudson as Sergeant O'Malley. Very Irish. Very Irish. Judd Nelson as Jimmy Wing. Uh, who else we have going through here quickly? Michael Richards. Michael Richards as Doug Beach. No, no, I don't even have a home. I've got a condo. Listen, I guess I'm just trying to wait to meet the right woman. Harold Ramis as Chris Moore. A lot of cameos. Rob Zombie, Kurt Loder. Alan Covert. Lemmy Kilmeister. And stuttering John Melendez. John Melendez. We have the uh, Sons of Thunder, actually a real band called Galactic Cowboys. Quite frankly, Sons of Thunder, better name. We have uh, Beavis and Butthead. Call in. White Zombie. 
Jim, which actor or actress gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character steal scenes? Before you answer, this movie probably has, of every movie we've ever done, the deepest cast for contenders for this. It's beyond deep. Like You're in right. sports, you know, you have like maybe a couple MVP candidates. Yeah. In this movie, beyond the lead characters, you have like... We got fucking David Arquette in this movie as well. I forgot to mention David Arquette. Yeah, he's a surfer dude. Who plays basically David Arquette in real life. If I had to pick just one, though, it's got to be Milo. Michael McKean. Yeah. Man, you got a ton of hot CDs here, and I never hear this stuff. Why don't you ever play these guys? That's Milo's call. Why don't we play him, Milo? Listen, if they're so hot, how come they're not tearing up the charts, babe? Because you never play them, babe. You suck. Just he's always notoriously great at playing the straight faced, yeah, you know, act the straight faced character. And it's cool because he was in Spinal Tap, so he went from being the hero of a fictional band movie to the you know, program directing dickhead who doesn't listen to music, which is a great prereq for his character, his position within the radio station. I, I can't decide on one. Joe Montana as Ian the Shark is great. Okay, kiddies, listen up, because this is Ian the Shark's final night here at KPPX. That's right, special unscheduled announcement. Effective Monday, this station goes easy listening. We're having a big farewell parking lot party tonight, so come on down! Now, part of our final hurrah, we have a special segment called Getting to Know Your Armed Assailant. Now, we have Chaz Darby here. Now, Chaz, you say all you want to do is be heard. Well, you've got the whole world listening. What do you got to say? Because he gives this performance as a radio DJ, which he nails because oh, he, he looks like every radio DJ. But he's also not just a radio DJ. He's, like, fed up and hates his job also, which comes through. But the fact when he finds out that Rebel Radio is going to soft rock. Yeah. And how he almost kills Milo. It's excellent. I really like um, Ernie Hudson. Ernie He's Hudson's good. great. He's Officer O'Malley. He's an even keel cop trying to, you know, de-escalate the whole situation. Okay, the one the one guy who works there who's dressed kind of like, you know, has the afro. Yeah. <laughs> the scene where they find out it's water guns. Yeah. And he just goes. He just He's punches a, a guy yeah. and then just fucking beats it out of there. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and the funny, that guy. Th- funny thing about him, I think his name's Reginald Kenny. Funny thing about him is he was on Oz on HBO. I know. he. Yeah, he looked familiar. Yeah, he's been in some other stuff. All right, let's find out which scenes made a splash in our best scenes. Yeah, you go first. It's the crowd supporting Chaz when he's out at his Chester. I love it. I play D&D too. Editor of the school magazine. Yeah. I used to wear corduroy pants. Yeah. I used to masturbate constantly. Yeah. We're with you, Chad. I want your body. So the Ernie Hudson leads the police, but then there's also a, a SWAT team. Who this guy... Who's Quato from Total yeah, Recall. He wants to go behind Sergeant O'Malley's back and de-escalate this situation himself. So he basically gets a background check somehow on Chaz. And he basically... When Chaz's girlfriend shows up to the station, he says... Like, he calls him Chester by yeah. name. And she goes, what's he talking about? And he doesn't have to say all this, but, but he, he says, lets it all out. My real name's Chester. I was a nerd. I was a geek in high I was school. Geek. I really short hair. I played Dungeons and Dragons and 
I ate my boogers. And the whole crowd's like, yeah. And, but the reason it's great is because the call to action. Yeah. And metal and hard rock and, you know, these communities, they all band together because they have the same interests. So this real, you know, weird looking dude says, I play D and D too. And then it's, I wore corduroy pants. Oh, the corduroy pants. Then and Lemmy. then you hear Lemmy and he says he was the editor of the school magazine. I was editor of the school magazine. And then uh, John Melendez, <laughs> which Jim quotes all the time. Oh, I've been quoting this for 20 years. Almost. I used to masturbate constantly, constantly. There's a perfect pause. I just, I love that scene. Cause they, you know, they all pull together and support each other. It's good to see. So my next one, I love the fact that Ian, as soon as they get the tape loaded up, they're going to play it because that's all they want to do and they'll get the hell out of there. Ian cannot wrap his head around the fact that they're called the Lone Rangers. Yeah. Okay, who are you guys? My name's Pip. The band. The band name. Sorry about that. He doesn't wear a helmet, does he? It's right there on the box. Read it. The Lone Rangers? That's original. How can you pluralize the Lone Ranger? What's wrong with that? Well, there's three of you. You're not exactly lone. Shouldn't you be the three rangers? No idea what you're saying right now. You lost me. And we see a little bit later on when they're about ready to perform live at the studio, Kurt Loder doesn't understand. How can they be lone? Yeah, in just a few moments now, we're going to be witnessing the culmination of this extraordinary rock and roll drama, a live performance by the Lone Rangers. Wait a minute, wait a minute, cut it, cut it. That can't be right, can I? You can't pluralize Lone Ranger. But Ian's like, you're not exactly lone. Can you be the three Rangers? And the look under like... Uh, I don't yeah. get it, man. What do you mean? Yeah. I love how just nobody understands the name, but backstory too. It was named my fantasy football team. It's always been the Lone Rangers. Great. Always. My next one is when the Lone Rangers start getting more comfortable on the radio. Basically, when they first break in, they're like hesitant and nervous about talking. But after a little bit, you know, they start to relax. They basically like find a bunch of CDs. They're like, why don't you guys play this stuff? They start playing a bunch of music they like. And why aren't they? Well, if I was going to play them, why aren't they tearing up the charts, babe? Yeah, they uh, they start taking calls. They start giving away concert tickets and telling people to come down and party in the parking lot. And that's when they find the, the crate of CDs. Oh, yeah. This is the real Rebel Radio, the voice of the resistance. This is Chaz speaking. You. Shit, man, you guys ought to have fun. But it's almost like a montage. It's just, it's a nice break in the movie with a little montage. I really like that one. Speaking of that scene, we get the random Beavis and Butthead call. Yes. Whoa, am I on the air? Come on, buddy, give me the phone. <laughs> am I speaking English? What did I just say, dipshit? Come on, buddy, no way. Shut up, Beavis. <laughs> oh, so what do you guys want? You guys are like the Lone Rangers, right? Yeah. We saw you guys at the wheel well last month. You suck. Yeah. Hey, yeah. come down here and say that, you punk. Yeah, it's straight. You can kiss my ass. Hey, why don't you guys make all the chicks get naked? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which makes no sense. So within this world, there must be a Roger Rabbit type world in which Beavis and Butthead also exist. And they saw them live and yep. they thought they sucked. Yep. And then Rex gets all pissed off at him. I love that scene. It's just so random. They would call in of all things. My next best scene, my last one I'm going to discuss is when uh, it's just a quick thing. It's actually right before, you know, they, they out Chaz as Chester. Harold Ramis shows up as a record executive. 
So. All right, let me ask you a question. What side are you taking the big David Lee Roth Van Halen split? What do you mean? What kind of question is that? What side did you take, Halen or Roth? Van Halen. He's a cop. Oh, come on, Oink, oink. Strictly a judgment call. They sold a lot of records after Dave left the group. Come on, one more question. Hey, come on, Chance, one more. Right, 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 right. Who'd win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Ah, God. Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. I, I'll, I'll piggyback this on another best scene. So Pip gets the idea. You know, the, the cops basically say, what are your demands? And they say, we don't have any demands. We just want to be played. But then Pip gets the idea that... What are you guys doing? We're going to take the cops up on those demands they want. We got a killer list going. Yeah, check it out. We ask for airplay and whatever else we want. Then we demand a whole bunch of weird stuff. This way we can plead insanity later. This is where this come from. Pip's idea. <laughs> way to go, Pip. They should make a list of just crazy demands. And, and then that way, really smart. And then that way they can plead insanity. The demands are giant baby bottle. Football, a helmet full of cottage cheese. Naked pictures of B. Arthur. 40, 60, 67 yeah. copies of Moby Dick, and yes. you're like, oh, they made a book of that? Yeah. So, but at the end, Rex says, and a record contract, which Chaz gets pissed about oh, because so pissed. it's kind of a lost cause at this point. He wants a record contract unsolicited, unsolicited because they enjoyed the demo tape, but in actuality, you you're beyond that he wants it on his talent alone yes and it's beyond that after the whole thing brouhaha anyhow record executive shows up it's harold ramus and they basically quiz him they say he's a cop and he's like no i'm not i'm a record executive and they say (laughs) you guys could be bigger than marky mark and the funky bunch they said well who do you take in the uh david lee roth van halen split and he goes van halen they go, ah he's a cop (laughs) and And then then, and then the best who would win win in wrestling match between Lemmy and God, he goes, Lemmy, ah, God, God. Ah. trick question. Lemmy is, is God. God. And then he goes outside and you see him get his badge and his gun. He yeah. is absolutely a cop. Absolutely perfect. And that's I, the one we mentioned at the top of the show, but Milo has this way about him. He thinks he can communicate so suave where he can kind of be like one of the guys. But when he does the whole dick cheeseburger, I love that scene. Got a proposition for you. Oh, shit. Okay, I know you guys think I'm a real dick cheese burger or whatever, but you're going to need someone to negotiate for you. Now, I will offer my services for 10% of the pre-tax gross. That's standard. Yeah, he's he's such a dick because... Silk shirt, ponytail. When, when they find the box of... So they're switching to, to soft rock. Kenny G. Create a Kenny G CDs. Ian finds the shorts and throws them at him. He goes, what are these? And he says, they're shorts, Ian. They're pants with little legs on them. Yeah, he's just got this. He's, he's a perfect prick. And in the middle of all of this, Pip has sex with the one girl. Don't yell at me, Milo. You're screwing on my $1,400 leather couch! You're just so rude! You don't just burst in here without knocking if there is one stain on that couch you'll what fire me well guess what i quit and it's on his couch and he's so worried about his couch (laughs) fourteen hundred dollar leather couch yeah he's so worried about his couch it's weird though he got and not to deviate here pip gets completely naked yet we don't even see boobs no boobs nope disappointing well speaking of pip what's pip do by day he's a swimming pool guy that's right he's a pool cleaner did you find anything in that van? Drugs? Nah, just some toys and a bunch of pool cleaning gear. Pool cleaning gear? So what do you got to do when you clean the pool? Pool check! 
All right, our very special lifeguard, Angela, got us a gift. That's right. So we've we've been striking out with the sports cards. Well, striking out is an understatement. Yeah, pardon the pun, but yeah. football, baseball, we're going to have to go upper deck hockey or something. Something like that. Get some 94, 95 cards. That'd be great. But we're not going to lose on these because there's no bad card we're going to pull. Angela got us. It's time for card DR. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles second series tops. And these are from 1990. And Kevin, there's a surprise in those. There is a surprise. So five cards. Yes. One sticker. Uh Uh-huh. One stick of bubble gum. Oh, God. We're going to have 31-year-old gum. So we're... Oh, my God. <laughs> we're going to try it. I hope we don't die. But we're going to try try this gum. All right. On the air after I check the cards. Oh, my God. And uh, so let me read a little bit about this real quick. All right. Here we go. Oh, my God. Look at the dust. I don't know that the gum's still in there. Oh, my God. There's gum dust coming out all over the table. First series turtle set in collector's box. There's 88 cards in the set. There are animation cards, 11 series stickers, 22 bonus cards, not available elsewhere. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's. Oh, God. Oh, dude. dude. I can smell the gum. There's, there's, like, there's <laughs> two little chunks of gum left. Oh, what the hell? Oh, it's stuck to the cards. Oh, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Making a big old mess where I sit. Oh, great. All right. All right, we've got Turtles to the Rescue, uh, which... Who's in it? That Yojimbo dude and... Uh, Yo, the Yojimbo dude. What's that guy? The Bonnie's name. Oh, I don't know. His name's something Yojimbo. Oh, okay. Anyway. I'm hoping we get Danny, you know, from the original movie, Ooh. that punk bitch Danny. You're a member of the Foot Clan. You were a Foot Clan member. What'd you just say? You're not just a member. You're Danny. Danny? You're that punk bitch Danny. Danny? We got Baxter Stockman. Oh, these are the animated series. Yeah, okay, Baxter yeah. Baxter Stockman. These Hell parts yeah. are like wrecked from the gum. Here he is. Okay. Usagi Yojimbo. Oh, okay, okay, got, okay. Uh, I got you. We got Taking right. the Plunge, the turtles diving into the sewer. All right. Got back to the sewer. Okay. Are we going to have our Bo Jackson equivalent in and here? And a new problem. So... I think the Baxter Stockman. Card, I would say he's he's probably the gem. I think he's the sticker. Oh, it's, oh, that's right. They include but I don't one think sticker. It's a sticker any longer. Oh, there, it's the gum is sticking to it. That's an equivalent. Well, here you go, Jim. All right. Can, Which piece we, do you want? Oh, whatever. Hand me one. I'm gonna snort the gum dust here. I'll just take this piece and yeah, that'll work. Pass it over. Ah, all right. All right. We're gonna do this together. Yeah. Oh my God, dude! It's not even. It's like a gum stain. Uh, <laughs> All, right. All right. I'm going to smell it first. Let's do it. All right. Dude, there's no gum. It just goes straight to dust. No. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh. oh, there's no gum. It's like eating. I'm going to down it with some oh. shitty beer. It's uh, it's like eating a, a the consistency of eating a smarty, dude, in the worst mildew stained thrift store basement. That cannot be healthy. We're going to get sick. However, before we get sick, Kevin, before we get back in uh, oh. into the pool check more, I have a surprise for you myself. Oh, what? Got you something. What? Here we go. I got Kevin a surprise gift. Wow. Here we go. I hope it's a, a Harry Styles it's something. Autograph. It's something better. Here we something. go. I, I want Kevin's genuine reaction to this. Okay. Inside a box, inside a bag. Ooh. Feels like a VHS tape. I'm excited for this. 
Oh, no. I don't even want this. Get out of here with this bullshit. Jim got me. Billy Joel, Eye of the Storm, VHS, which has the Down Easter, Alexa, We Didn't Start to Fire, Leningrad, I Go to Extremes, and the Down Easter, Alexa Live. There we go. That's the best, man. Alexa Live? Yeah. It's, uh, it's Eye of the Storm is a collection of five powerful videos from the number one album, Stormfront. Powerful. Is this the video where Billy Joel gets drunk and runs into a tree? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't fucking know. That was something he did for real. Yeah, no shit. Okay, so let's move on from Billy Joel. Good segue. Real quick. I don't know if he did anything in 1994. Oh, the gum. But we're going to find out because we covered 1994 music videos. I'll tell you this. This was very difficult for me because there was a lot of songs I love. This gum tastes... It is literally like, okay, mildew basement with 10,000 books, like how that would smell. It's like the film has encapsulated my tongue. It just, it's a weird, yeah. Consistency was like eating a smarty. I think we would have better been better off just snorting this. Should have had LA Beast on here. Oh, that would have been great. Have a good day. Okay, so. Have a good day. (laughs) 1994 music videos. Who wants to go first? I'll give it a go. All right. So I went by straight music video. All right. I tried to, and they're great songs because there's a lot of stuff I could have picked, but I'm going number five, how we used to originally go with this Aerosmith crazy. Come on, get a grip. That album alone. It's been a while since we've talked about Aerosmith. It's been a while since uh, season one. That's right. Season one, we talked about Aerosmith in every episode, (laughs) every goddamn episode, starting with Armageddon, our very first episode. Crazy. I mean, come on. It's a 90s, an early 90s Aerosmith video had Liv Tyler and Alicia Silverstone in it. I mean, need you say more? It's a staple of the 90s. They had, uh, I don't know if you'll pick it, they had Amazing also, which has Jeremy London. That's right. And he's got this computer program, and he basically, uh, my wife and I watched a bunch of these videos last night. We watched Amazing in its entirety. He's got long hair. He's got a bandana. He's changing himself on the screen and he literally, he like pops a pimple virtually. And he had, he looks like one of the Gallagher brothers from Oasis. Great. Which makes sense. He had like the Clooney with the real short bangs, but Dana and I both said, uh, and he put some sunglasses on himself and he like virtually rides a motorcycle meets Alicia Silverstone. Dana and I both were like, he looked way better just as is with the long hair and the bandana. Yeah. But every time, every now and then I would get him confused with Jason London, his twin brother. Yeah. It might be Jason London. I don't know. Who gives a shit? My number five, they sound, he sounds a lot like Aerosmith. It's Danzig Mother. <laughs> so Close enough. Uh, it's basically just Danzig with uh, a ton of shadow on his face and like a real whiny, moany type of look. And there's like a, a, a babe, a, you know, a vixen with some blood on her, but basically black and white video with a... Uh, Ton of shadow. It's Danzig. It's Danzig. It's it's, that's all I have to say. Traditional Danzig tattoo. Yep. Speaking of which, Kevin got a new tattoo. We put it up on our Instagram and our new TikTok. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Fucking awesome, by the way. Thank you. Uh, shout out to Adam Leonard. Thank you. Yeah, it's looking real like a tattoo does after a week yeah. or so. But it's looking good. Yep, real cracked and stuff. So, all right, Jim, give us your number four. My number four is a staple of the 90s and most people's karaoke tune. 
Lisa Loeb, stay. Yeah. I missed you. Lisa Loeb was that looking so modern because this was this video was uh, oh, 26 years ago. Mm -hmm. She looks like modern fashion. She's got the horn rim glasses. They're like cheetah print. Just so like talented and so cute. Like she was that like nerd poster girl. Yep. And she's, have you seen her recently? Yeah, she looks the looks same. fucking amazing. She didn't she, age. So there's something with, uh, with that song where she only got discovered because she was like accidentally friends with like Matt Dillon. Which is weird. Or so something. Random. And he like heard her song and was like, oh, I'm going to get your song to some people. And sure enough, he did. Likely though, if it didn't happen, she would have had to have hijacked the radio station. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Lisa Loeb going into KPPX with a... <laughs> Uh, hot pepper going to eat in the shark and go you say yeah my number four uh i don't know if any of our audience will know this it's lucas lucas with the lid off oh yes it's uh directed by michelle gondry who has directed eternal sunshine of the spotless mind such a good jam be kind rewind science of sleep but unfortunately he also directed the green hornet with seth rogan oh that's right that happened he directed like a hundred music videos maybe but this one's very much in his style a lot of camera tricks and uh film tricks but it looks like an old time movie picture that you'd see in like the 30s. Lucas was French. He was a French rapper. Number three is a song that was on my summer basketball camp playlist. I had this on a mixtape, like cassette, which cassettes are coming back, which is weird. Soundgarden, Black Hole Sun. Mm -hmm. This video loves the warp feature to warp people's eyes, fish, not fish eye, but basically big colors. A lot of warping of the faces. It's one of those videos that if you think 90s, you go to this video. It's very 90s, like it's special effects. It's really scary. It's there's like a, there. there's like one of those like vibrating band trainers and there's yes. like a lady on one. It's really, I mean, it makes me uncomfortable. It's a very out there now, music video. Soundgarden in 94 also had Fell on Black Days, which might be Soundgarden's best song, in my opinion. It's a really good one. A lot one. of people love Spoon Man. Yeah, that video is not their best, but the song, Fell on Black Day, is amazing. There wasn't one thing that Chris Cornell ever did wrong, in my opinion. Dude had a voice like no other. Number three, for me, Regulate. Gotta be handy with steel, if you know what I mean. <sighs> Above the Rim soundtrack. Warren G, Nate Dogg, and it's basically like the, the, the song. Mount up! The song itself is very um, it's mellow, story-like. Yeah. So they tell a story. You know, they they riding and blah 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 blah. And they get hijacked. And they pick up some girls and they're shooting dice. And they they pretty much just show all of the things that they're rapping about. Well, our buddy Fu and I used to do this at karaoke yep. all the time because the thing about the karaoke version of the song that's why me and him always stood out. It would cut off and it wouldn't do. You know. Yeah. The end talk down part. Yep. We used to nail that all the time. We used to blow people's mind. My number two, you can't include a 90s music video countdown without including Snoop Doggy Dog, Gin, and motherfucking Juice. Yeah. Come on. Great this video. Great story about that video. Snoop Dogg wrote that song the night after having a party. Basically, the events of that song happened the night prior. And Snoop wrote a song about it. Like, Dr. Dre, Dre came through with a yeah. gang of tangeray. Like, and everything. A pocket that, full of rubbers, and my homeboys do too. Yeah. Every, so, everything that happened, like, at the party is what he rapped about. And then they made a music video basically recreating the party that they had. Okay. Full disclosure here, everybody. When I was younger, I didn't quite understand terminologies. So, when they said endo, 
I thought that was a form of orange juice because I thought this was gin and orange juice. Wow. I was sheltered, man. I thought this was like gin and orange juice. And I thought Endo was some sort of like Tropicana flavor or you something. You say this is Endo. It smells more like Outdo. <laughs> I love Friday. I was completely clueless, man. My number two, probably a little bit more like gangsta and harder than Snoop. Ace of Base, the sign. Oh, so uh, good. Video, really awkward. Really, really weird. They have like a, a guy a guy in a band who looks kind of like Val Kilmer. Remember when we came to that epiphany that there were two girls I, in a band? I didn't know that until maybe two years ago. Yeah. We went really into a kick where we were watching music. We'd stay like, like six three hours a night. Yeah. Watch music videos. But I didn't know that there was two women in that group. I thought it was just one. I have like a uh, Mandela effect where I thought it was that blonde lady. I thought she was like Ace of Bass. And then now to find out there was a brunette and a blonde. There were multiple bases. Yeah, but the video is real. It's like one of those. Guys, listen, you're from Sweden. These are the video effects we have. You just stand over there. Hey, listen, ABBA did more with yeah, less. Stand okay? over there and lip sync, and we're going to put every effect we've got in this video. Yeah, we're going to throw it in there. We got that Windows Media Maker coming straight hot at you. My number one. Number one. Beastie Boys Sabotage. Mm-hmm. It was the number one video on M- any MTV countdown in 1994. Based off of a like a sitcom cop show drama and they all dressed up like the parts they're running down perps they're interrogating perps they're in a shitty crown vic it is an it's probably the best beastie boys video besides you know you gotta fight for your right to party this video was great it was a product of its time it's absolutely iconic ill communication the the mustaches they looked like the the dicks you know the detectives yeah with the mustache i was gonna say dick mustache yeah they have dick mustaches (laughs) That's my number one. All right. My number one. Number one. MC Hammer, Pumps and a Bump. Talk Kevin Preach. I got to give my theory of what happened with Pumps and a Bump. So Pumps and a Bump video. This video. Is not safe for work. So if you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast at work, do not pull this up on YouTube until you get home. Basically, the video is shot at a, a huge LA mansion. Yep. With, you know, the uh, the grotto out back, the pool, you know, big rocks and stuff. Big house party. Some dude's wearing jeans. Ain't the only thing big. But Hammer. He's got his hammer out. He's wearing like a zebra thong. like a. It's a thong. It's a banana. It's what we'd call a banana hammock. Yeah, it's a rig holder. And he's making everyone at this party uncomfortable. It's like. <sighs> it's all he's wearing. He's almost completely torqued. Yeah. Like straight up. And he does dance moves where he he pumps it towards the camera. It's a lot. So then my fear. So there's a, there's then a second pumps and a bump video. (laughs) And in the second pumps and a bump video, Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders basically wakes hammer up and he goes, Hey, it's prime pumps and a bumps too. So the next pumps and a bump video Polar opposite. He's like, they're gathering a busload of women, but then Hammer is sort of dressed like a crip. Yeah. He's got like a Atlanta Falcon or, or, shit. You know, blood or something like he's dressed. He's got a, a, a Jersey and some like black pants and stocking cap, high boots, stocking cap, like bandana. And he's trying to be in like a parking lot acting like fucking tough, but it's like guy, we saw your fucking dick. <laughs> you can't be gangster. Now. Could you imagine going to, 
that house party and they're like man you're hey i can't believe hammer invited us this hey man what's up hammer here you're like summer, oh i'm wearing like it's like a speedo like nothing else no shoes no shirt just speedo only here's the difference if we wore something like that we'd look like a fucking ken doll next to the hammer himself actually uh, this year i'm gonna wear a speedo with a t-shirt Oh, right, tucked in. <laughs> That's going to be my look. Go straight tuck in. Speedo in a t-shirt. Oh, uh, my God. So I, I just, I think the record executive was like, Hammer, we got to, uh-huh. you know, gangster rap is here. You got Dr. Dre. You got Snoop Dogg. You got Notorious B.I.G. You got gangster rap happening. And Hammer's like, no, banana hammock. Like, I'm doing this. And his, his manager's like, no, we got to do this. And he's like, no way. But even with the second video, the song is still the same. They yeah. didn't like slow so, no, it down. No. So Same then thing. I feel like the funky head hunter didn't sell any albums because of hammer's dick and because of the type of, of rap that was coming in. So then they tried to like shoot the second video to make up for it. And no one still bought it. You got to watch progression. Watch. Can't touch this too legit to quit, which is a 20 minute long video. So take your time and then right into this. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Adam's family groove. Oh, that's right. And then, uh, and then this his hammer. All right. So Please don't get in the pool with a hammer out. You got any honorable mentions? Oh, I do. I do. We forgot those last week. Yeah, I know. Throw them in. I'm glad you reminded me. I Uh, got you. Boys to men. I'll make love to you and on bedded knee. Both of the number, the album two. Jesus God. How many people got knocked up to that album? Come on. Let's be Uh, honest. Offspring self-esteem, but pretty much we named most of these, uh, back the loser. Yeah. Which was totally different at the time. Uh, up top, number one song, All for One, I Swear. Yeah. Really weird. <laughs> the Chudliest they're, dudes, Yeah, they're man. just like kind of... And then a really great one that I had to leave off my list, I Need Kamosi, Here Comes a Hot Stepper. Oh, off... You could only get it off the Ready... What was it? The Pret-a-Porte soundtrack. Yeah. Ready to Wear. Yep, Ready to Wear. I bought that fucking soundtrack just for that song. Or you could hear it at ECW Arena when Public Enemy Public Enemy. Out. Any honorable mentions for you? Oh, I pretty much covered it, man. Okay. All right, so yeah... uh Grab your hammer and get in the pool. <laughs> Don't smack anybody in the head. Everybody back in the pool. Except for hammer. <laughs> hammer don't hurt him. Yeah, it's going to be going to be tough. <laughs> uh, our critical question this week, Jim, what happens to the Lone Rangers? So at the end of the movie, we see that they are they're in jail. Prison. S- prison. Six months, three months, if good behavior. <laughs> They're going to record an album and they're going to go on tour. What happens in your opinion after this movie? Okay. You're thinking they're out in three guys who have never been in a prison setting like that before. Minus this video, pretty much probably kept to themselves. Their popularity increases outside. I guarantee you they get out. They record a new video. They sell maybe, eh, maybe 500,000 records, and then it fades away. I think they're a one-hit wonder. Yeah, exactly. It's degenerate. I think they sell a ton of copies of this. They, you know, ride high. Because even Chaz, Brendan Fraser himself in this movie says, This is for real. I got to cut a record. I figure, you know, I'm screwed up in average enough that I could write a song that'll live on forever. And then after that, it don't matter. Right there. I don't even think he was, he cared. He just wanted one great song that'll live on as a one hit wonder backed with a hostage situation How and a news event. That? Exactly. You're telling like, me they're going to come out with a fucking power ballad? No. no. Like, so they were done. I mean, 
I'll transition right into logic. So, Mr. David McCall, I don't want to get on your wrong side. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. Thanks, David. So, I will say the first logic issue I have is the sound and look of the Lone Rangers. Was it really appropriate for the time? No, they were behind the times. Yeah, like, I totally do. Hair metal was done. Like this I, white zombie was playing At on the, the Sunset Strip. So. Right there tells you. Can you imagine if they open for White Zombie? Like, here they are, the Lone Rangers. It's they're to, it's so weird. It's bad as Sons of Thunder. But you know what? They're better than Sons of Thunder. Yeah. That one song is. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Okay, I got one. And you brought this up. How can they afford to stay in the apartment they live in on the Sunset Strip when he doesn't work? And we don't know what the hell she does. Even if it is a personal assistant, you ain't making enough no, to cover that apartment no. as shitty as it may be in downtown Los Angeles. I, I don't know. Like Rex's apartment rules. It's, it's a big like, shit stuff. It's uh, just a, a fucking hole in the wall piece with of shit water apartment. Gun, water gun collection. With his toys. Every, because he works at a toy store. So there's a Stretch Armstrong and a crash test dummy and just all this stuff everywhere. We can only assume because... The nerdy guy who he answers to, who he kind of pushes around. Rex. What? I told you to stock the end caps and mop the employee lounge. Too late, Zachary. I'm out of here. I'm going to tell old man Covington. I'll be quiet. He's just taking all this shit home. He yeah. ain't paying for shit. No. He takes home oh, all yeah, those recalled sure. water guns. Yeah. It's pretty fucking yeah, cool, Yeah, I man. think Rex, after Lone Rangers, he's a uh, a famous, well, I don't know if it's such a thing, but he's a famous eBay seller. Yeah, well, he, I guarantee you he ends up cutting his hair and tries to go straight. And Yeah. I want to see a Lone Rangers reunion 25 years down the road. I want to see it on VH1. Oh, my God. Where they used to reuniting the band. Right after Kajagugu. Yeah. We waited way too long for this. 20 years, ladies and gentlemen. I had a mission. And that mission was to get the Lone Rangers on this stage. And I am happy to say that tonight, mission accomplished. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Lone Rangers. My next logic. They have a demo on a reel-to-reel and another demo on a cassette it, we're in 94 and maybe they couldn't i don't think there's such a thing as they couldn't afford it but like why do they only have <laughs> one of each cds have been around for 11 years at this time even if they had one on a cassette as long as they could afford a blank cassette they could just make several copies who has and you know they can't afford to go to a studio to record this shit they do it in rex's apartment i'm assuming why on reel to reel do you have a reel to reel laying around i I don't know who does that if but yeah if they had the capabilities to record on a cassette which i don't remember why chaz says something like uh chaz i said we should have brought a cassette the cassette dub knocks out the low end and it makes my background vocal sound like someone's stepping on my nuts so, but yeah, just take the cassette, put it in a tape deck, hit record, and just rip a, at least a handful of copies. Yeah. They should have one on them. Each of them should have one on them all the time. You'd th- oh, fuck, they should have two of them what on them. What if Pip went to a, a house to clean a pool, and it happened to be David Geffen or somebody? <laughs> or he's banging David Geffen's wife. Just put the fucking cassette in a player. Yeah. So, I, I don't understand why they only have, literally, it's just too plot convenient that they have one reel-to-reel demo one cassette demo it makes no sense and the other thing that doesn't make sense with us working and being around radio stations they have one big giant building set aside for one radio network 
Within this big building, you only have uh, one studio. No way. It ends up getting wrecked. I hate to tell you, there is going to be a minimum of probably eight radio studios in that building, not just one. Yes. No. I mean, even even here in Youngstown, we have a couple studios, and like you go to Clear Channel, there's eight. Like there's like a big studio, another big studio, and then a bunch of like little, you know, pods and bays for, for it's crazy. It makes no sense whatsoever. My, my last logic issue is they don't really ever explain or show all the downtime in between everything. So it start meaning it starts off Lone Rangers get interviewed and all that's live on air. But as they exit the studio to gather people, and like nobody's playing anything on the air. Nope. So it's just dead air. And then which is the biggest no-no ever. Right. And that which it doesn't matter at this point, they're being held hostage. But then Ian chimes in to introduce the song. The tape gets eaten. They round everyone up. Later they come back and play some music. But then Kayla breaks the board, fries the board. Christ, what are you doing? You don't even care. You don't even care what happens to me. What do I got? I got my guitar, my bike, and my woman. That's all I got in the world. And you keep kicking me out. It's making me insane. I figure if I get a record contract, I can make it up to you. I'm doing this for you. All these people that are in the parking lot and stuff that are listening to radio, like, what are they doing now? Yeah, what the fuck are they listening to? They're just standing around waiting for something to happen, basically. It's... They're partying in the parking lot. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So that's all I have for logic. Yeah, that's all I got. Else. Yeah, that's all I got, man. What's the legacy of this movie? I will say... Oh, it's so quotable, dude. I it's mean, very on. quotable. We're still quoting it years later. And the cast... Oh, it's an I mean, amazing it's like cast. Brendan Fraser had a great career in the 90s, and hopefully he's getting a resurgence. This was the sequel to Encino Man. Yeah. Steve Buscemi is... It's not even like this is him. This thing smells like piss, man. He's like a totally different human. This almost, in a way, was like a precursor to Adam Sandler movies because this was before he hit. What's it. the cop that the his buddy that's in all his movies? It's Alan Covert. Yeah, Alan Covert. You made contact? No, Sergeant. One guy came out, but he went right back in. Is in this movie. Chris Farley's in this movie. I think there's a couple a lot others. Of SNL. Mike McKeon. Yeah. Yep. There's uh, like everyone from this cast pretty much was already established, but like. The amount of people who went on to do like David Arquette, like everybody in this movie had either come. It was just an all-star cast. We had two Ghostbusters in this movie. Everybody had two Ghostbusters. Yep. All right. Stick around for some plugs. Once again, pool seniors, thank you for checking out the pod this week. This is remember if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast. Also at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at Pool Scene Podcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas, we have some amazing movies coming up if there's a movie you want us to cover let us know you're on the journey with us and now back to kevin hey everybody this is the landing strip yeah. so squatter update for the week Uh-oh. uh the squatter uh he's back with his woman oh fuck so even though he she gets, got the kid he's got the kids or whatever she's pretty much been over there every day recently so he must have come to terms with the kids or Somehow she convinced him that the kids weren't hers. I don't know. Oh, what the? So something happened, but she's been over there every day. So maybe he has a huge hog, man. <laughs> Great. That's all I want to think <laughs> that about. That your mom is going to end up finding out about because oh, he's no. going to randomly tell her about don't it. Tell me that. 
So uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, I uh, I recently watched The Leftovers, which was uh, created and written by Damon Lindelof of Lost Fame, one of our favorites. Now, without spoiling too much, The Leftovers is a for anybody who likes Lost. I would highly suggest The Leftovers because I feel like it's based on a book, so it's not completely original. But I feel, but he kind of goes way off track from what the book was but i feel like and we're both obsessed with the loss mm-hmm. but i feel like a lot of stuff for damon Lindelof in this series was like i want to atone for some of the things i did wrong with lost and he really tried like but didn't he leave it more open-ended <laughs> no no like yes and no there are it's got a really wonderful finale which i i guess a lot of people didn't like the same way they didn't like the lost finale which i did but i watched the leftovers it's 28 episodes, and it, they're hour episodes, but you can still watch 28 you know, hours pretty pretty quickly if you binge and you have time. As soon as I finished, like as soon as I wrapped up, the next day, I started again with my wife because I wanted to watch back through. I will say for anybody that's going to start, season one is whatever. It's not bad. It's not great. It's just what it is. But the show, as far as from like a loss perspective or something like that, doesn't really start until season two. So you've got to watch season one to get the character backstories. But then season two and three are, are really what you want to see. So And we got a call to arms out there. If anybody out there has a May 1972 National Geographic magazine just yeah. laying in your parents' yeah. house, send it our way. Kevin's looking for it. And now people have premium the shit out of this oh, yeah. one thing well i've looked at lots for you yeah and under big bold caps the first thing it says no may 1972 sold yep on on facebook you'll see people who are like every national geographic episode uh, issue from 1960 to 2010 we have all the ones with the tits and then it's like no may 1972 Which but yeah crazy. if you go on like etsy bay uh and etsy stuff, bay etsy bay <laughs> Yeah, uh, they're, they're like some people want like eighty dollars an issue. It's, it's like bullshit. Yeah, I'm sure if I look enough at thrift stores and stuff, I'll probably find. My one. dad used to have those just laying around collecting dust. Yeah, it's amazing what some of those actually go for now. Yeah, it's crazy. The holographic skull one. Holographic used, skull one. There's, I think it's like a 1990 issue where there is a holographic skull on the front of it. It's selling for like 40 or 50 bucks. Wow. It's fucking awesome. Those things were like, they were like a diamond. They were everywhere. We went like when you went to high school, your library would just have 10,000 copies. But you know what would be crazy though? As a coming of age male, they would show like boobs in it. You didn't look at, well, yeah. They'd be like, they'd be tribe people or like breastfeeding. It's it's boobs. You didn't jack it to National Geographic, did you? No comment. Oh, no. (laughs) Come on, man. I'm going to find a 1972 uh, National Geographic, and the pages are going to be stuck together. (laughs) It'll be the May 1972 one yeah, with the bear on the front. I think I'll find it. I'll find it eventually. But, uh, yeah, I would would recommend the show. If you need something to watch, like I said, 28 episodes, you can can hustle through it pretty quick and... uh, ask yourselves a lot of questions about your existence on on earth and i, I guess i should say the premise i never even said what the premise of yeah the show you're is. gonna say and the whole meaning between uh, the may 72 uh edition uh i i won't reveal that um but Very the, the show is on october 14th of in 2014 two percent of the world's population vanishes so like and it causes all this crazy stuff so like people are driving their cars and they get departed is what they call it causes a major car accident or 
there's like a woman putting her baby in a, a car seat and then she turns around baby's gone you know stuff like that it's basically the show overall arcing theme is about grief and about so it's a deep show it's very deep okay. and it, it's people's failure to move on because of they have no closure oh they it don't, sounds familiar like lost yeah they don't get to bury their family because they're they vanished they don't even know for sure that they're dead so it's basically about a lot of people go looking for answers like a lot of people have a hard time accepting that they're just gone you know so there's like there's a lot of cults that form there's a lot of like religious people who are like it was definitely the rapture religious people who were like it was absolutely not the rapture it's about like just L. ron hubbard came from the sea org and docked the boat <laughs> yeah and uh but it's it's really it's really fascinating it's really good and uh i will say too one of the other things i really liked about the leftovers and i'm not saying if you watch it you have to do this remember when cloverfield came out oh you, yeah you could just watch cloverfield as a movie which speaking of, of lost jj abrams and lost but mm-hmm. uh you could just watch cloverfield as a movie and that was one thing but one of the coolest things about Cloverfield was all the marketing. Oh, so there were all these websites, viral Easter eggs and viral marketing. Well, the leftovers, if you read and research each episode, there's like, it's almost like interactive because ton of religion and you'll find out the characters are specifically based off like certain things from the Bible. But there's uh, definitely a lot of parallels to Lost. Like, there is a character on the show who absolutely is John Locke. I mean, it might as well be John Locke. Sounds good to me, man. He might as well be on the show. And then, like, there's parallels t- to Jack, especially when you get to season three. It's like, this could not be more the Jack, Jack Shepard. And even Jack's dad's on the show. Like, not the actor, but, like... There's a Christian Shepard. There is, yeah, there's a Christian Shepard. There's... It's just very... There's, like just very specific there's even like numerology i think just as like a wink and a nod to lost they're like it's an homage yeah there's uh there's a lot so but yeah i'd I'd suggest it watch it 28 episodes you get a chance it's really good i love the finale um i thought it was really cool watching the finale is what made me want to watch the show again also well i was a big lost finale fan a lot of people did not like the lost finale i loved it i cry every time i watch the damn thing it's so good But thinking things that were so good, we want to thank all of you pool sceners out there for the response we got for the Swim Meet series and Saved by the Bell, the last dance episode. Fucking love doing that episode. That was so much fun to do. I hope you guys love the the throwback 90s commercials we threw on there. Also, big thank you to you guys coming over, seeing our TikToks. Our TikToks are doing really well. We also brought on a social media uh, professional onto this our, uh, our social media head want to give a big shout out to our girl Jenna for taking the reins of the social media helping us out with the TikTok to be quite honest with you these algorithms and shit Kevin I just don't understand oh yeah it's yeah, ridiculous how I, things hit and some don't I'm not on TikTok I'm glad I'm not on TikTok I have officially like bowed out of trying to stay current on social media that's you know, why I turned the reins over to somebody younger who understood it a hell of a lot better than we did. Because we got to get ourselves out there even more. And TikTok is the number one thing right now. And then thanks to TikTok, we have people coming over to the Instagram page, coming over to the Facebook page, following us, becoming pool sceners. And we thank you guys for coming along on the journey with us. It's getting bigger and better. We're going to do more Swim Eat Series stuff. We're going to have Nickelodeon Guts Watch Along coming up here. And then, of course, the return of Marky Mark. He's coming back, everybody. We're going to be covering the happening here. 
But yeah, yeah Marky Mark's back. Yeah, as always, let us know what movies you want us to cover. I've lately I've I've been on like a terror and I've been uh, adding stuff to the list. Yeah. At, like, I just watched Mash, the actual movie Mash. Let me tell you, I don't think I've ever seen the movie. What a strange, different, like dark comedy type movie, which is very interesting. I remember my grandma's house only had like a handful of uh, TV channels, and I can remember Mash was always on. Yeah, the TV show. Yeah. I remember watching Mash and. I'm going to start watching that. Give that a whirl. All right. Let's uh, let's see you back next week. Bring your trunks. Bring your floaties. Bring your uh, snorkels. Sne- uh, sneak in some beer. Bring your Urkel. Better gum. <laughs> bring, bring some gum. <laughs> bring your uh, banana hammock. Bring hammer. <laughs> masturbate constantly. Yeah, masturbate constantly. and uh, Turn up some Lone Rangers. Yeah, we had uh, 68 degrees here today. so And it'll probably snow this weekend. And it so. probably will snow this weekend. So we're getting a little bit of spring fever. But uh, we'll be fine. We're going to hang on tight. And uh, before you know it, going to hang on loosely and don't let go. Yeah. So rest in peace, Michael Stanley. That's right, man. Cleveland staple, my friend. All right. Until next week. Silencia. Silencia. Silencia.